When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hello, I don't know why my... <laughs> Start video. Okay, I've just found it. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button if you uh, like what you hear. If you're into this kind of thing, I put out three new interviews every single week. That means a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you updated on your favorite artist, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can do so at uh, at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video version, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Mayer. Today, I'm talking with Justin Hawkins of The Darkness about their new record, Motor Hearts, which is this great new album from the British rock band. Uh, Justin's going to talk about making sure this wasn't a pandemic record, uh, the loss of Mystique and direct access to artists, and uh, writing as a character with disappointing relationships. In fact, it's these relationships that finds the album's narrator hooking up with a sex robot named Motorheart and singing about Jussie's Girl, which isn't and isn't, uh, is and isn't, is and isn't, whatever, a nod to the uh, Rick Springfield song. <laughs> is it? We still don't really, really know. It's not, but it kind of is. Anyway, uh, we're also going to get into the music. Uh, he's going to describe how he comes up with his guitar solos, leaning into 80s goth rock, and a bit of the backstories behind the uh, bonus tracks, too. So let's do it. Talking about Motorheart, it's Kyle Meredith with Justin Hawkins of The Darkness. Hello. How are you doing? It is, uh, it is a pleasure to have you on here. And first off, uh, let me tell you how much fun, uh, as always, but uh, that I've had to listening to this new album. This is, uh, this is fantastic. Oh, cool. So what's your favorite song? Oh, my favorite song. Um, I- I'll get into both of those in the interview, but I'll go ahead and preface it by saying the, uh, probably the, the title track and, um, and um, I've got it written down here, Speed of the Nighttime. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, two different things. Uh, but I want to start a little bit before it, because I, I don't know if you felt like you were getting into this record any quicker than you would have before. But of course, you all have put out uh, another excellent record just a couple of years ago called Easter is Cancelled. And the rug kind of got pulled out from everybody in the world to tour it. How quick did that get you to start on the next batch? Did, did that push it a little bit faster for you all? Well, when when the rug, the rug pull happened halfway through um, a tour of Australia, and we also had six weeks planned in the States in, to include some festivals and, you know, summary stuff in uh, 2020. So um, I think when that happened, I, I, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm on my own here in Switzerland. So I, there's nothing else for me to do except work and create music. And, and so I was just desperate to, to work again. I think it did... I think it made it go quicker, but in the end, the process is so 
arduous and always long. And in fact, because of the pandemic and also because of Brexit, which is something that we have to endure in the UK as well, um, it made the lead-in time for manufacturing a record much, much longer. So whilst we were ahead of the game, now it's just normal. It's like more or less every two years we do an album, we go around the world. Um, and I suppose with the additional kind of manufacturing time that you need, it's gone back to normal. <laughs> it probably didn't come, it's not going to come out any quicker than it normally would have, I think, but but it was finished much ahead of the game, you know. It, you know, you, you mentioned Brexit in there. It made me think like, you know, that record Easter is cancelled. It did seem, at least to me as a listener, to speak to the moments that was happening uh, globally, uh, especially politically. Those moments would find, uh, as I heard them in, in the songs, there was plenty of that to write about this time around, but I guess I didn't get the same sensation when I listened to Motorheart. Did did you feel like you wanted to get, like, this isn't what I would uh, call the pandemic record, you know? If anything, the last one was the, the pre-pandemic record was the one that would sit nicely with this climate, I think. There's one line in the title track on Easter is Cancelled where I said, uh, <laughs> spreading disease so they can sell the cure. Right. <laughs> you know? And then it all kicked off. It was a little bit prophetic in, a, in some way. I mean, not that, not that I think that's what's happening for a second, but um, it was interesting how you could sort of interpret it like that. This one was, um, we were all, like my, my bandmates were all with their families, girlfriends, whatever, and, and um, I wasn't really. So I was kind of, I was so desperate to work. I just wanted to make stuff. And, and I went through a stage of writing all these really sad songs. And it was, then by the time they were ready to do stuff, I was like, out of that, I was had enough of that now. <laughs> let's just make a, re let's make a fun record. So for the first few months I was writing stuff and then they weren't. And then when we started writing things together, I was, uh, I was really in the mood for making something uplifting and just wanted to, do a song, do a, an album that wasn't of the time, uh, maybe something a bit more timeless, uh, something that you you wouldn't be able to hear me singing through a, a, a COVID mask or talking about any of those, anything sad or despairing or nothing that to allude to the uncertainty and the suffering. And it was just um, we wanted to have some fun. I think by the time we got around to doing stuff, so you were able to exercise all of that sort of privately before the album that's uh that's helpful i guess you know that's a, yeah I, I wrote a load of songs but i that's what I, I do a patreon so those things that you know have no home on darkness records i just um you know made it available for my patrons <laughs> who um you know, they've, they've supported me throughout the throughout the crisis really it's been great yeah, I was about to say you stay really busy on that. Uh, you know, and and I feel like I need to become a member because I feel like I am missing so many things. And uh, and I guess I'm not I'm not meaning to give you the complete plug here, but what all are you doing on here? Because uh, it, it does seem like you're having so much fun. Yeah, I do loads of stuff. I mean, if you, when my patrons get things like exercise videos, um, I interview other top celebrities, and I do you know podcasts and probably a bit like what you're up to really and um but behind a paywall so i can say some really outrageous things and more or less get away with it nine times out of ten and it's been great because i think it's really enhanced my relationship with the audience um because it's all darkness fans that do it and it's like a companion thing to to the darkness experience and also it's just a great way to uh, get to know everybody really
And yeah. I think a lot of artists have, have benefited from, you know, those those kind of outlets too, especially Patreon, you know, but uh, getting to do those, it just adds, I don't know, so much more depth in a way that we didn't have growing up, you know, that kind of, I guess, you know, our fan club yeah. was just right that, into the... Uh, I used to be really sort of, um, uh, I used to long for those days when there was Mystique and, and you know, you'd have a badge and a sticker and all those, what you're talking about, the, the old fashioned sort of fan club experience. And like maybe, maybe, maybe one day you get to meet your heroes, but it isn't like that anymore. You know, the, the, the mystique element of it, that's long vanished and there's no point in pining for something that you can't have. Also, once the horse has bolted, there's not much point in closing the stable door. You might as well leave it open. So, um, you know, I, I just think it's a different, it is a different time, you know, and there's an expectation. And I think if you do it correctly, it can engender this sort of, this sort of, um, spirit of ownership like that people really feel like they're part part of something i mean i know it's probably a, a parasocial uh relationship and not not 100 real but it is reciprocal in a thing like a like a patreon or in a vip experience where you, you're actually conversing with the people who are your audience and um, i don't think it should extend to the point where you have focus groups from that group telling you what they like about your music because it should still be art but everything around it is that's just that's a case of engaging your audience but the, i mean obviously the core of it should has to remain one way otherwise that's when you lose sight of it i think yeah it, it's interesting you talk about the mystique and 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 having that gone because for some artists no matter how much like even my favorite artist you know that i become friends with or whatever like once i see the music videos once i hear the album there's still like the good ones. There's still some of that there that exists. And maybe it's just natural. Like when I listen, I'll bring it around into the record we're talking about right here. Like, um, like at the beginning, like, welcome, welcome to Glasgow. I, I feel like I have to say it like that. <laughs> welcome to Glasgow. <laughs> but like, but like, I, I don't know if you would call that like a use of character, but within your music, like there still is this world that you create, you know, that still uh, allows for this, for the mystic part of it, but just for this sort of separation from reality. Do yeah. you write specifically sort of, I don't know, do you write with characters in mind? Yeah, this album I was, um, you know, it's a collection of songs about disappointing relationships. So it's a character that's based, you know, I've used myself as a lot of the inspiration for it, but there is some bits where, like I'm aware that I'm a dumbass in certain respects, you know, and I know how stupid I've been and where my sh blind spots and, and shortcomings are. But this character that I'm writing from hasn't recognized that, that thing. So it's almost celebrating the things that you can't change, you know, um, the behavior that you're not in control of is actually, it's sort of defines you and you like the things that you try and hide about yourself. It's, it's really fun to sing about sometimes, but it is a character because you're sort of, um, you're, accent, you're, you're accenting stuff. I mean, on this, this particular album, I just wanted to say, this is why I'm an idiot. You know, whereas before I might, on the last time I was like, well, this is why I'm sad about everything, you know, but this one is like, this is why I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? And the, uh, the writing allows you to do, to get away with the parts of you that you wouldn't normally want yeah, to project in real life. Yeah. And parade them and, and make fun of them. And somebody once told me that, that I would never be successful because I, because the part of the thing of being success is that you have to allow other people to make fun of you and take the piss out of you. And if you do it yourself, then you're taking that opportunity away from certain parts of your audience or, or reviewers or anything. So like the fact that I was able to do that, they thought it would, that would 
stop me from being successful. Maybe it has, you know, but it's not going to stop me from doing it. <laughs> it's still, I think it's a really great thing to tap into. It's really, you know, some people call it self-deprecating, but it's, um, <clears throat> or, you know, it's not as, it's more like self-sabotage, really. Because <laughs> there's, no there's no point in being successful if you have to do that at the expense of, of something real. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, right, right, right. You mean anything if you're just pretending to be someone else? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it seems, I don't know, maybe I'm naive when I say this, but um, if it's a great song, what's going on behind the scenes might not mean anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, you write great it's songs. It's important to me because you have to go, you have to sort of, you know, when you probably restore an old car or something like that, what's happening inside is really important to the person that's done that. And they're really proud of it. They can, they can hear it when, when you put your foot down. Um, it's, it's like that for, for songwriters, I think, especially lyrically. Um, the thing that drives me mad is when people don't write lyrics, don't put any thought into their lyrics. I mean, even if something's stupid, it has to be stupid for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, not everything has to be Byron, right? But it, but it has to not be shit, and that's important to me. Well, I guess I was commenting on really the the person who who said you wouldn't be famous because you were doing that. Like, like I feel like whatever your talent is, uh, for all the talents that you have, like you write these great songs. Like, so regardless if you're being self deprecating, your songs stand on their own. Um, right, oh, it's a I long see. way to pay you a compliment. Yeah. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Once it went in, I was really enjoying that compliment. <laughs> so, so let's 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 wrap around then to the title track. To so you have a sex robot named Motorheart. How does that fit into the story? Okay, well, it shouldn't really be the title track. Um, it's just, I think it's because uh, it's the sort of culmination of all the disappointing relationships. Um, Glasgow is just like a a, a beautiful tribute to our favorite city um it's kind of intended as an introductory thing say look here we are we're awesome you're awesome it's nice to be here then from that point on it's all it's all like relationships that have gone disastrously wrong they've always gone wrong for the same reason um so in desperation the character <laughs> um commissions the building or or, or buys a sex robot um but soon the, the same sort of um uh, relationship uh, troubles manifest themselves in in that relationship with the with the robot and still at no point does the main character say well actually maybe it's my fault <laughs> he just refuses so yeah i think it's i think it's just about belligerence emotional belligerence which is a, a good quality to have especially in a pandemic emotional belligerence i i was thinking of um when i was listening to that song uh, uh, when I was listening to and learning about uh, rather a, a sex rot robot named Motorheart, how, you know, cable television when I was growing up did a lot for me too, but how much I learned about sex for better or worse from rock and roll. Uh, yeah. And this, I, I feel like this is, you know, sort of one of those moments, you know, <laughs> like maybe not the nuts and bolts of it, if you'll pardon me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't go into too much detail about how the, how the intimacy works. But I think it's, uh, but there's, I think there's an underlying misogyny in all of the, all of the, especially Motorheart. I think I'm actually, I'm pretty surprised I haven't been cancelled for it, to be honest, because it's, um, it's pretty out, outrageous. Some, some of the things that the main character bloke's saying, but really it's illustrating how much of a twat he is, I think.
Right. It's character. Again, what you can get away yeah. with as a character then yeah. <laughs> when it's not yourself. Method acting, darling. <laughs> <laughs> So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. With Jesse's Girl, uh, um, I, you know, I, I'm obviously going to ask the obvious question because as I went back through the internet and, and was just reading all the reviewers to see if anyone had said it, everyone still says the same thing. Is it connected to Jesse's girl? Jesse's girl. I mean, it's the obvious uh, question there. Not really, because um, I think it was just, I mean, obviously it was, I'm nodding towards it, but only in the title, really. And just because it, it made me laugh to sort of say to the guys, look, I want to call it this. And then to get a laugh back was enough for me to sort of chase the concept down. But I think Jesse's girl is, um, it's not about um, stealing somebody else's girlfriend. It's more about, um, if you listen to the, if you look at the lyrics, basically is he's saying um, all the, all of the sort of predictions about how the relationship plays out are to do with how he's going to feel, <laughs> you know. Um, and then at the end, it, the game's given away when it says if you if you don't want to be Jussie's girl, have you got a friend who looks just like you but maybe isn't as fussy and wants to be with Jussie? So it's kind of like <laughs> it's not about anybody else; it's about me again, you know. So it's a sort of not a malignant narcissist, but some kind of narcissism going on no i wrote that down he you know the, he's never saying i wish you were mine like that does yeah. become really hilariously obvious in the whole thing <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more like um yeah it's just uh you i wish you or someone a lot like you could be like associated with me in some way <laughs> it's really really loose <laughs> so as you point out in the uh, in the press release too like you you say you know it's plus it's got a great guitar solo and a helicopter it's three times in it, I think. Why? Why is there a There is. There's a helicopter in it. I think it's because when I was listening to it, I was thinking, well, this reminds me, like the opening rift sort of reminded me a bit of Phil Collins, Philip Bailey. Then it reminded me of um, Billy Ocean a little bit. But, you know, never really sounded like any of those things. But my when you think back to those, like especially, especially um, Easy Lover, you think, oh, yeah, there's definitely a helicopter. But there isn't, you know, when you actually listen to the fact, there is an helicopter there. Maybe it was in the video or something, but just something about it suggests helicopter. And I was thinking, well, it needs a helicopter, doesn't it? Um, and I always, I always think that when a helicopter sort of rises over the track because the track's fading out, it sounds like the band's leaving, you know, leaving you with that thought. Fuck knows why I was in the solo as well. Maybe just because it's a bit dramatic. It's, it's actually a combination of a, of a probably a bell What's it called? Bell 47, whatever it's called. What, the, you know, one that's often chartered for looking at, looking at New York from above. Um, but it's also got a police helicopter in there, which is a bit more powerful. So maybe, maybe he's in a helicopter looking for the girl. Okay. Look at that. Probably, I mean, I don't know. He might be. I just <laughs> literally just, that just occurred to me. I don't know. I can tell. I can tell that just occurred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why a, I don't know why there's a helicopter in there. You're because I. <laughs> right why not right that's the 
the, the, I, I'll hit on the solos too. We, really, the solos as a whole too, because that's one of the really fun things about what you do. Um, songs, lyrics, worlds, solos. Yeah. How much of those solos are thought out, like composed? And how, I mean, do, do, is there one way or the other that you lean towards? Like, oh, I, I, I can think out a solo like I think out lyrics, or is it really just feeling and let's catch the best take? Um, it's feeling and catch the best take. And then you, well, you know, I usually have a few passes and then when something pops out that sounds good, I'll, I'll hit that again. I, it really just feel it out, just play it a few times, like hundreds of times and whatever has survived that process is what you end up with. Um, yeah. But I think if you do it enough, you don't end up treading water anywhere. That's what you don't want. You know, the best, the, the really iconic solos, you can tell they've, they've been felt out and planned to a degree. Um, so we try and do that wherever possible. Me and my brother work on the solos a lot. Um, the one on um, The Power and the Glory of Love, uh, I did that on my own here, but I, I wanted, I sort of knew what I wanted it to do. I wanted to have a little bit of the sort of Eastern vibe. Um, you know, I wanted it to sound like um, George Harrison if he was in Van Halen. That's what I was aiming for, for that. So, wow. I, you know, some, so sometimes I do have a little bit of a bit of an idea. The one, there's one on uh, Nobody Can See Me Cry, which I was definitely thinking of Slash. Um, like in having the, like even the pickup choice, the pickup selector on the rhythm side of the Les Paul, like he does a lot, um, a lot more than I do anyway. I, I never really use that. Normally I put the, that pickup, I usually set it to, um, silent and then I use the selector as an on off switch so I can do all that you know like um, like uh, Rage Against the Machine Tom Morello type thing but on a Les Paul and um, so it's unusual for me to use that pickup but I did it because of Slash I wanted, I wanted it to sound like Slash because I thought Welcome to Glasgow could be a little bit like Welcome to the Jungle and, and then the other side of that really is like um, tone I don't know if I'm using the right phrase here like like tone does a lot for a riff too like it, it carries a lot of the weight sometimes and not just a riff but you know riffing uh, uh like I, I talk about speed of the nighttime which i do i love that song it's such <laughs> a mood like i can feel driving at nighttime when i'm yeah. listening to that but like the tone of that it feels like like what you're doing sounds like a very simple riff but you know the way you've made it sound feels like it carries that to be so much more than than it might be yeah, you mean the riff's a bit shit, but the way we play it's good. Not at all. I mean, it just feels like a simple riff, but suddenly, you know, this this sound that you you add on to it just gives it so much more mileage. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I think we that one is definitely. Um, we wanted it to sound like it's something that the mission or the cult in a certain period of their career, or um, uh, even Sisters of Mercy, something like that. It's just we just wanted it to sound like proper 80s goth rock um i've been listening to a lot of 80s goth rock and it's really fun to sort of lean into the theatricality of it um but but you don't get away with it unless you embrace the sonic signature of those songs from from back then um there's a way of doing it with the guitars i think it's uh, the special even tide um Thing that everybody was playing through in the 80s you just got to make sure you got one of those from <laughs> the guitars going through it um there's a lot of acoustics and stuff in there as well um and obviously i think part of it is the way the tempo changes abruptly 
because we don't use clicks so it's all like when when rufus gets excited it goes a bit faster <laughs> which is human and, and nice and you know probably not that's probably doesn't sound as much like um I mean, in the in the in the 80s, I expect a lot of that stuff was on clicks, and some of it was probably programmed to early incarnations of MIDI stuff running. But um, we did it. We did it all natural because we're, you know, the darkness. You do 80s goth rock really well. Uh, <laughs> if you want to lean into that a bit further, I'd be I'd be along for that oh, yeah. as well. I'd love to do a whole album like that. It'd be great. Please. Superb. <laughs> from the stuff we haven't heard there's a there's bonus tracks for the deluxe edition as well uh what, yep. what can we expect oh wow well i think you're going to enjoy there's one that's called it's a love thing you wouldn't understand um which i think would make a great t-shirt but we're probably not going to make t-shirts for b-sides and bonus <laughs> tracks um another one was called um you don't have to be crazy about me but it helps <laughs> All of the great titles, both of those. <laughs> All the really great. Basically, I was Todd Rundgren for the for the, uh, <laughs> for the titles, <laughs> but that's where the similarities end. Unfortunately, there's a reason why they're bonus tracks, but they are interesting. There's one, um, there's one that I wrote called "So Long," which is like a that is the saddest song, not just on this album, but probably in the world. Um, didn't didn't sit with the other stuff, but it is quite beautiful. I think the way Dan's produced it is great, um, but it ended up not sitting with the other stuff in terms of the you know the emotional content of it what else i'm trying to think what the other tracks are oh my god there's one called the age of darkness which is dan's lead vocal it really is something to behold it's it's something <laughs> <laughs> that's a setup right there it's something, it's something. it really is <laughs> nobody can deny that it's something when they hear it that's but, then, but then the question is exactly what is what the fuck is that is is the next question but uh, it made me laugh, anyways. So there's, so there's four. I think there's three, three main. Oh yeah, that's the. They're all bonus tracks because we only did nine on the vinyl. So four bonus tracks, and then there's one extra one for for the Japanese edition. I think it'd be it'd probably be an early version of uh, Motorheart if memory serves. We did that, recorded it a few times, to try and get the key, the key and and certain other parts of the arrangement correct. It's fun getting these deluxe editions. You know, again, when we were growing up, it was it was all about the B side to me. Uh, mm -hmm. When you were a fan of the band, like uh, yeah. you know, like half the time you could argue, like, oh, why wasn't that on the record, you know, or something like that. But those gems that are, and now they just kind of get shuffled at the end of a streaming thing for the bonus tracks. But yeah, and there's not as many of them as well. I remember when we did our first record, even we had like uh, two B sides at, at least for every CD single that we did. So. You're looking at maybe another whole album's worth of material by the time you get to the end of the campaign. Um, even we even did like extra tracks for for the DVD singles. So like from the menu of the DVD single, right? You have to select a song that you don't get anywhere else. And we and these are all songs that we wrote with a view to put them on the record. They just didn't make it. So it's not like it's shit stuff. It's it's good. It's good songs. And then we saw. I mean, I think our career happened just as all that was stopping. Then you saw some bands that were doing like 18 track CDs, but you, you're looking at it thinking, I'm not interested in a good half of this. You know, there's no, you, you, that's too long. An album should be 10 songs, I think. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but, and then the other stuff should be the, the curiosities that really separate the hardcore from the um, passing interest. Right, right. No, th that's true. I mean, if the, if the record was too long, I wouldn't like the songs. If those songs were B-sides that I had to hunt down, it could have been the same song. And I've been like, I love this song. 
you know. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> there was a, even like bands that I didn't um, really get into that much. Like there's a band called Placebo. Remember Placebo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know Placebo. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's a B side on one of their old singles. Maybe it's maybe it's their big single, but they did a cover of um, Big Mouth Strikes Again. Uh huh. And uh, but instead of Walkman, I think he's saying I River or <laughs> one of those like a or Discman. I, I know he changed, it, but he updated some of the things that Morrissey says and then changed them to more modern versions for when, when you know, uh, you know, for when Joan of Arc is it was it as a flames rose to a Roman no nose and her Discman started to melt or something. You know what I mean? Like he changed, he he, up, he updated it. It's a really great version. So I, I, I even even if you're not a massive fan, I, I do think that B sides and curiosities are worth collecting. Yeah. Now, similarly, I was listening to the um, uh, "Need You Tonight" from NXS, uh, the 45, and oh, I yeah. never listened. I, I think I've had it for a little bit, but I, I don't remember ever listened to B side, and it was I don't know. I remember what the name of it is now, but it's just like this. He's like moaning, and there's like sexual stuff happening all through it, and it's got this great like lo-fi funk groove, and like yeah, this probably wouldn't have worked on the uh, on the radio at all or on the album i'm so happy i have it here i love those moments i do yeah that's great i mean back to motor hearts finishing here anyway um it is such a fun record and you continue to do that over and over uh 20 years right we're coming I mean, we're only what two years away from the uh i guess 20th yeah. anniversary or something like that so well album. done <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's in this country it's legal for the for the first album to vote right uh, make love to whomever it chooses um, and drink alcohol. So boom. What more can you ask for? That's I'm true. so proud of what they've become. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk about this new record again. Uh, I'm so much of a fan. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Nice one. Thanks, Kyle. Good luck. My thanks to Justin Hawkins. The new album from the darkness is called Motor Hearts. And thanks to you again for checking out the episode. Do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here so you can put uh, keep up. I said put up. So you can put up with all the crap that we put out every single week. So you can keep up with uh, all the interviews that I put out, the three new ones every single week at all the usual spots that you get your podcast from. That also includes YouTube for the video versions as well. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at Kyle Meredith, and over on TikTok at Kyle M. Meredith, which today I suppose that M stands for uh, Motorheart. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It should sound good. Cool. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.